I have here my box of stuff. How many of you have a box of stuff? How many of you have several boxes of stuff? I have several boxes of stuff. Well, I, I wanted to share with you some of, the, some of the dumb things I've bought over the years, some of the silly things I've purchased, some of the ways that I've wasted money in my life and continue to do so. This is my box of stuff. So one of the things that I'm obsessed with is clothing, okay? I'm a, uh, obsessed with clothing and fashion and looking good, I know. Um, so... Uh, one, and, and so th this is one of my, my major obsessions here is uh, jeans. Anybody want to guess what brand these are? Calvin Klein. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm like an open book. Um, so uh, my Calvin Klein jeans, right? I love Calvin Klein jeans. They're comfortable and uh, they last. Uh, I've had jeans. Uh, I've had Calvin Klein jeans last eight years before, you know, which isn't bad. It's not bad, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just... I've wasted so much money on, on fashion and jeans, and, and that's just one of them. Uh, another thing that I've wasted money on um, is, is this, the, these. These are DVDs. You can't even buy these anymore, barely. You know, and these are the, this is the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, yeah, Star Wars fans, anyone? Yes? Mm, yes. Mm, mm. Star Wars fans, we like. Mm, mm. Uh, but uh, here's the thing. I don't think I've ever opened these. I have them, but I've never watched them. They stay in the box. It's a waste of money, right? Sure, as I just dropped them. Uh, another thing that I, I, I waste money on <laughs> is gadgets, like gadgets. And, and I have one of my gadgets. I don't even know why I still have this. This is a phone. Phone. And, and uh, that kind of phone, that's right. Why, I don't even know why I still have this, but yet I do. And, and, and I'm a gadget guy, and I love gadgets and phones and all that stuff. And it's just, it's just I spent so much money on gadgets like, like this. This is one of my laptops. And when I say one of my laptops, I mean it's one of my laptops. I have like five of them. I have one that works. I have this as my Chromebook. I have a desktop on my computer here at, office, at the office. And then I have three broken laptops that I just can't part with for some reason. Um, and I, so I, I spent so much money on computers, right? Anybody else? Computers? Man, so much money on computers. Um, and, and then there's this other obsession I have. This is a, a program from the home opener at Notre Dame last year. This is the Notre Dame Temple uh, program. Uh, these things cost $10, and I've got a ton of them, meaning I've gone to a ton of games, which means I've spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on football tickets. Uh, and, 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 and to feel this obsession that I have with Notre Dame football. This is, yeah, thank you, yeah. This is, um, so this is one of my jerseys, one of my jerseys. I have two Notre Dame football jerseys. There's only one of me. And I can only wear one at a time. Yet I have two. There's that. Then there's. <laughs> then there's this. So this is my, oh, Rogers that. Um, so this is my Rogers jersey. This is one of my two Rogers jerseys. And this one I like the best because it has this little symbol right here. This is a Super Bowl, say it with me slowly, Super Bowl symbol, meaning that we actually went to one and we won it. Uh, several years ago, but anyway, so I, I, and again, I have two Notre Dame jerseys, I have two 
Rogers Green Bay Packers jerseys. I also have a Brett Favre Green Bay Packers jersey and a Bubba Franks Green Bay Packers jersey. There's one of me. And I have four and two Blackhawks jerseys. Sweaters, technically. So I've, I've got like eight jerseys at home. And there's only one of me. Then I have this other obsession. This is a limited edition. This is a, they don't make this anymore. This is Safari by Ralph Lauren. I, I love cologne. Oh, do I love cologne. I love to smell good. I love to smell good. And you're like, you don't do that very often. No, I do. I do. Um, so I, I, I love, and I come by it naturally, okay? If you hug me or my dad, you will go away smelling like us. You, you will, because we, we like the cologne. I have, I, I kid you not, on the bottom of my medicine cabinet, I have eight or nine bottles of cologne. Because I can't wear the same thing every day. I've got to wear something different. You know, there's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, special occasion, church. It's a sickness. It's, a, it's an obsession. Which is interesting, because I actually don't have obsession by Calvin Klein. Used to wear that in high school, but not anymore. So, and then music. All right, these are my Bluetooth headphones. I wear these when I walk which I don't do often enough, but these are my headphones, which, which I, I love music. I love listening to music. I've spent so much money on iTunes and CDs over the years. I have C, the, 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 we don't even listen to CDs anymore, hardly. And then there's Spotify. I have a, a subscription. It's just crazy. And then finally, there's these. These are virtual reality goggles. So I was at the Verizon store about a year and a half ago buying a phone for my child, and I put these on. And there's a little wand with it, and it's like, this is the coolest thing ever. I must have it. I can't tell you the last time I used these. And if, they're any, if, they're, if they serve any purpose whatsoever. And, and here's the thing about my box of stuff. It's temporary. And in reality, it's pretty worthless. Like I said, virtual reality goggles, impulse buy, not very smart. Music goes in and out of style, goes in and out of fashion. You know, the music that I like. Can, can anybody possibly tell me why 80s music is on the oldies station now? <laughs> How is that possible? The oldies are from the 50s and the 60s, amen? Yeah, yeah. no, 80s is not oldies. Even 90s is getting on the oldies station. Britney Spears is not classic rock. I'm sorry. Football teams, you know, sometimes they do well, sometimes they don't. You know, you can go to a football game and there's a 50% chance you're going to walk away disappointed. When in reality, or if you're a fan of the White Sox, it's an even greater than 50% chance <laughs> that we're going to walk away disappointed because, man, it was a rough year on the South Side. But you go to a game... And, you know, it's not a guarantee that you're going to win. And, and you may lose and walk away disappointed, wondering why you spent $85 on tickets. You know, movies, they change the technology every three years. They go from, v and you remember how much VHS tapes used to cost? And then DVDs, and now Blu-rays, and now 4K. What's next? Can't we just stop and just say, this is it? You know, and so we, oops, oh, man. Oh, that was close. You know, technology, technology goes in and out of style. You know, you got to have this, you got to have that. And then you go out and you buy it, and it's obsolete the minute you walk out the door. How crazy is that? And yet we still go buy more and more, and they don't make this anymore. And then these go in and out of style. 
you know? Uh, late 90s, everybody had to have boot cut or otherwise known as bell bottoms, you know, and you had to have those. And then it, and now we're doing the skinny, you know, it's kind of, uh, it, it just, it never ends. It never ends. And we all do it. We all have stuff that we either spent too much money on or stuff that went out of style, stuff that's no longer in fashion, stuff that is obsolete. And here's the thing about our stuff. It reveals a lot about our priorities. It reveals a lot about our hearts. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the pathway to blessing. And the pathway to blessing is not through your checkbook. It's not through your wallet. It's not through your bank statement. The pathway to blessing is through your heart. And I want to look at a passage of scripture from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And it is the longest recorded sermon of Jesus in the Gospels. Now, a Gospel is simply a biography of Jesus written by either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And today we're going to look at the Gospel or the biography according to Matthew. Matthew was an interesting character. He was a tax collector. And tax collectors in Jesus' day were despised. They were they, a lot like tax collectors today. Anyway, uh, apologies to any IRS agents uh, in the place. Please don't audit me. Um, but, or watching online. Oh, we're not going to put this one online. Um, but in all seriousness, Jesus says that the pathway to blessing goes through our hearts. And we're going to look at what it means to be a good steward of our blessings today, our material blessings, our treasure. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at a series called Open Hands. And the whole concept behind this series is that uh, we need to open up our hands when it comes to the blessings of time, talent, and treasure that we have. And what we tend to do instead of opening our hands is we tend to wrap our hands tightly around our blessings of time, talent, and treasure. I don't want to share my time. I'm a busy guy. I don't want to share my talent. Uh, I'm, a, I've got, you know, I, I'm going to use it for myself. And I don't want to share my treasure because I worked hard for it and I'm going to hoard it. I'm going to keep it all to myself. The problem is, is that when we hold on so tightly to our time, talent, and treasure, we can't give it away. And the reason that God blesses us in so many ways, and he, the reason he is generous to us with our time, talent, and treasure, is so that we can do that, so that we can give it away to other people. And we can invest it in his kingdom and invest it in the lives of others. Invest it in things that last forever, not things that are temporary like stuff. But we tend to invest all of our time, talent, and treasure in getting more stuff that doesn't last. We'll talk about that in just a second. And here's the other thing is that when we hold on so tightly, when we don't open our hands to give it away, we don't open our hands to receive. We can, how can we receive if our hands are closed? And I believe that God has blessings for you to receive so that you can be generous and give them away. And that when you open your hands and give them away, when you empty your hands out, God is going to fill them back up so you can repeat this cycle of generosity. That God will generously bless you so that you can generously bless others. And you can generously bless his kingdom. And that's what we're talking about today is our material blessings, our resources, and our money. And it's like, oh man, I knew it. I picked the wrong day to go to church again. We don't talk about money very often here, but Jesus talked about it a whole lot, including in the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're going to look at a passage from Matthew chapter 6 today. If you brought a Bible, turn to Matthew 6. We're going to look at verses 19 through 24. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 685 of that Bible. We'll put the words on the screen as well. 
and, or you can use your favorite app on a smartphone or tablet. However you want to follow along, we encourage you to follow along. We're going to look at Matthew 6, uh, 19 through 21 to start, uh, and we'll take this in three passes, pass, uh, three pieces. Uh, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whatever you treasure reveals a lot about your heart. If you treasure things, if you treasure stuff, if you treasure uh, things that don't last forever, it reveals what your heart is and what you're in love with. The things that you love are reflected in your priorities and your values. It's reflected in your treasure. And now the interesting thing about this passage is Jesus says, uh, do not store for yourselves. And, and in the ancient Greek, the New Testament was written in ancient Greek, and the ancient Greek construction says, do not keep storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus says, I know that you're already doing. Uh, do not keep storing up for yourselves treasures on earth. I know that that's what you're doing. So don't keep doing that. Instead, start storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And we do that when we invest in things that are eternal. We do that when we invest in things that last forever, like relationships. We should invest our time, talent, and treasure in our relationship with God and in our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to start a new series next week about, uh, call it, uh, it's about loving one another and the practical ways that we can do that, how we can actually do, put Jesus' commands into practice of loving one another. So we're going to do that for several weeks starting uh, next week. But for today, I want to keep looking at this passage from Matthew 6. So Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but instead store up treasures in heaven. And then he says in verses 22 and 23, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And this doesn't sound like it belongs in this passage, but it totally belongs in here because Jesus is talking about selfishness. And when you store for yourselves treasures on earth, you are reflecting a heart of selfishness. And that's a dark heart. It's, a, it's like you have spiritual cataracts and you can't see others around you when you're obsessed with yourself and you are blinded to those around you and you're blinded to the spiritual reality of your relationship with God. So Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Instead, store up treasures in heaven because where your heart is, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. He says, do not focus on yourself. Instead, focus on others and focus on your relationship with God. Because every good and perfect gift comes from God. That's what it says in James 1.17. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That God is the provider of all of our gifts. He is the provider of our time, talent, and treasure. And we need to invest the generous gifts he's given to us into things that last forever. Let's close out this passage by looking at verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Greed is a powerful thing. And greed will grab a hold of your heart and it will not let go. If you are greedy and if you love money, there will be no room left in your life to love God. And God, Jesus said we need to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if we love money with, with any part of us, that's some, that means we can't love God with everything that we have. And so we get obsessed with money. We get obsessed with greed. And Jesus says, you either master your money or you'll be mastered by it. 
You either master your money or you'll be mastered by it. Here's the thing about greed. Uh, John D. Rockefeller is one of the richest men who ever lived. Uh, he's like, he was like the Jeff Bezos combined with Bill Gates, combined with Tim Cook of his day, just uh, uber billionaire, a uh, hundred some years ago. And he was asked, uh, John D., how much is enough? How many dollars is enough? He says, the next one. See, that's what greed will do to you. It'll, it'll, it'll make you obsessed with money. And when it comes to being obsessed with money, if you're obsessed with money, uh, you cannot be obsessed with Jesus. So, we need to master our money instead of being mastered by it. And one of the ways that we, are ma- that we can master our money is to be good stewards of it. To be good stewards of the treasures God has blessed us with. So, I got a question for you here in the last 10 minutes of this message. I got a question for you. And the question is very simply, can God supply? Can God supply? The answer is, of course he can. Yes, God can supply. Now, if you notice, some letters are highlighted. And I believe that this question forms the basis of a pathway to blessing. And, and the, like I said, the pathway to blessing goes through our hearts. It doesn't go through our wallets, our checkbook, or our bank statement. The pathway to blessing comes from, goes through our hearts. And it's surrendering our hearts to Jesus totally and completely and surrendering our hearts to him wholeheartedly. And when we do that, God is able to bless us even more. And so I, I believe that these three letters uh, are more than just a question of can God supply, but it forms a, a, a pattern of giving that we should uh, involve ourselves in. And the first one, the first way that we should give is that we should give consistently. We need to give consistently. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, the author of Proverbs said, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, and then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth, he says, with the first fruits. In other words, make sure that the very first thing that you do is return to the Lord's storehouse from what he has blessed you with. Because what we'll do is sometimes is we'll say, well, you know what, I'm going to pay all my bills and then whatever's left over, I'll give some to the church. Author Proverbs says instead we should make God first. He should be our first priority. And we need to give consistently. I'll be honest with you, I don't mean to, I'm not bragging, I'm not boasting, but when it comes to giving in my family, I'm just going to tell you what we do, is every Friday, I get paid on Friday, and every Friday morning I get an email from the church that my online giving went through. And if you have a problem giving consistently, and, you, and, and it's just, you know, I, I can't give consistently, I always I forget my checkbook at home, or I don't carry cash, sign up for online giving. It is a great way to give consistently and, and make sure you're giving every week. You know, I was thinking about it. Here's the thing. If, if everyone in our church, we have a church off, average attendance of about 385 to 400 on a weekend. And if everyone in our church gave $3 more a week, it'd be $62,000 more per year in offerings. If everybody just said three bucks, just $3 each, it'd be 62,000. Imagine how much more ministry we could do, how many more people we could reach for three bucks. We'll talk about that in just a second. But we need to give consistently. And if you're not signed up for online giving and you're like, man, I forgot my checkbook and I'll make up next week, then you forget your checkbook again. I'll make up two weeks and then you figure your checkbook and it's like, hey, no way I'm giving four weeks for the offering in one week. I encourage you to sign up for online giving. And in fact, next week we're going to have a computer here set up, a laptop set up that you can sign up for online giving next week if that's what you want to do. Because 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, on the first day of the week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned that we need to be consistent in our giving. 
The second way we need to that we need to answer this question of can God supply? The answer is, of course, we need to give generously. We need to give generously. Uh, in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, uh, the prophet Malachi is having conversation with God. And God says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, God says. It's the only place in scripture where God says to test him. Is here with our offerings. See if I will not provide for all of your needs. Test me, he says. See if I will not throw open heaven's gates and provide everything you need. We need to be generous in our giving. You know, I, again, I don't mean, I don't boast, I don't mean to brag, but my family, uh, we give above a tithe. And, and I say that just to, to try and set an example that it is possible. Like I said, every Friday I get that, that email that says, thank you for your gift to GFCC. Now, the New Testament doesn't command a tithe. It doesn't say you have to tithe. The New, Cam the new, the new Testament commands generosity. Uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, it says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That God provides generously so that we can generously give it away to other people in need and to the work of his kingdom. And so I encourage you to give generously. And, and while the New Testament, like I said, it doesn't command a tithe, it's a great way to start. It's a great way to start generous giving is to give 10%. And you're thinking, there's no way I could never afford to give 10% of my income. Don't think of it that way. Don't think of it as trying, uh, having to give away 10%. Think of it as how can I be a good steward of the 90% I get to keep? How can I be a better steward of the 90% that God entrusts to me? And I'm going to give 10% to him. See if God will not do what he has promised to do and provide for all that you need. In 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10 and 11, it says, God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. We love the enriching part. Lord, enrich me, enrich me, enrich me. But we don't like the generously giving it away part. And that's what we're supposed to do. The reason that we have open hands is to receive the blessings God has for us so that we can keep our hands open and give them away. But what do we do instead? We receive blessings from God and then we wrap our hands, we close our hands and say, I need my stuff. You don't need this stuff. I don't need this stuff. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone to Bibles for Books up on Highway Avenue in Highland and, and just given them stuff to sell so they can send Bibles to, to missionaries overseas. But I make the mistake of when I give stuff away, I go buy more stuff. What in the world is wrong with me? And you've been like, I've been asking that question for 11 years, some of you. But in reality, that's what we do. We are blessed, and what do we do? We hoard our blessings instead of giving them away. We are called to be generous people and to give generously to God's kingdom. Can God supply? Of course he can. The S stands for sacrificially. We should give sacrificially. In uh, Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, we read about a remarkable offering. 
It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to them and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they have a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. In those days, when you went to the temple to make an offering, they had these metal collection boxes and then these metal kind of trumpet-looking things uh, that people would drop their offerings into. And all their money was coin, and the bigger the coin, the more valuable it was. And so the rich people would come along, and they'd drop these big old coins in these metal trumpets. They'd clank, 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 pling. Kind of like Plinko on Price is Right. Anyway, um, this poor widow comes along, and she drops in these two tiny little copper coins. Kind of like pennies. And ting, 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 ting. Barely audible. And Jesus calls his disciples over and says, look at this. The only gift he remarks on, the only offering that is remarkable to Jesus is the one that is given sacrificially. It didn't matter the amount. What mattered was her heart. And she was thankful for what she had. She gave all that she had to live on and trusted God to provide the rest. You know, when it comes, like I said earlier, if everyone in, in our church were to give $3 more a week, it'd be $62,000 for the year, give or take. And we could do more ministry, hire more staff, reach more people for Jesus. And that's what we've been doing. We've been doing uh, incredible ministry for the last uh, five, seven years. Uh, and we've seen our, our, our attendance grow like crazy. We've seen our offerings grow like crazy. We've seen, uh, we've been able to add to our staff. We've been able to uh, make improvements to the building, such as the lobby project that we did without taking on debt. You know, it's amazing what God is doing. It's absolutely amazing. And I believe that God has more in store, that God has more that he wants for us to do. And, and, and it requires that we give sacrificially. You're thinking, well, three bucks doesn't sound like much of a sacrifice. If you go to Dunkin' Donuts and you get a, a large coffee and a donut, that's three bucks, three dollars. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're asking me to give up my large coffee and a donut just once a week, just once a week. Put that $3 in the offering plate, and you'll see the church continue to grow. But we're called to give consistently, generously, and sacrificially. And when we do that, we will see God's kingdom grow. We will see more ministry being done. We will see more people being reached. We will see more lives being transformed. And we've set a record uh, number uh, of attendance last, e last Easter. We had over 700 people here for worship. It's an all-time record. We're setting records with our offerings, setting records with our uh, budgets. We're setting records of number of baptisms. God is doing amazing things here, and it's partly because of our generosity. And if we will continue to give consistently, generously, and sacrificially, we will see God do even more amazing things in our midst. Amen?